Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, as we think about the world we live in, the word that you give us, help us to connect both. Help us to see your spirit at work in us and through us so that we see the love you have for us and the world. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. This week's focus comes from our Ephesians reading and it's being united where God is working. God at work. From Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 to 21, we heard, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and ever. Amen. As we begin to think about God at work, I encourage you to think about what are some works you admire? Maybe you admire some fantastic buildings and buildings you have seen or peculiar buildings or buildings that stand out. Perhaps you admire the works of those who do arts and crafts, particularly people like quilters who have the patience and what they produce and the beauty that they produce. Maybe maybe you admire the work that someone's done on an old house that's renovated the house and brought it back to life. Perhaps you admire some art, just sitting there looking at art and appreciating how the artist has been able to engage with the subject, whether it be landscape or a person, and bring that into life through their art. Or perhaps you've looked at your own work and you've completed stuff and you felt satisfied. I know that when I complete some work and I can put that complete stamp on it, I feel there's a sense of satisfaction, a sense of relief that things have done. So what are some works you admire? What are some works that you think, oh, that's great? You may want to share that with some people in the room that are with you. I'll give you just a a few seconds to do so, 15 seconds to just share with people what are some works that you admire. The problem when we look at the works, particularly the earthly works we have in the world, we have two major problems. One, we can either overly admire or worship earthly works. We can just put them on a pedestal and put whoever has been involved in creating them on a pedestal. And we could just think they should never, ever be affected. Well, the second thing we can do is that we can focus on the works we do and achieve. We could focus on them so much that we actually put others down or we push people aside I remember a few years ago I was um, we were talking about doing something creative and somebody said, oh, they, they shared with us you know, in a group of something creative they'd done and then another person said, oh, yeah, I did that 10 years ago. And that was like they weren't prepared to give that person some praise for the, the work they were doing. They wanted to take some praise that they'd already thought of it. And so our major problems when it comes to works, where, whether it's things we've done or things that have achieved or something that we've created, is that we can easily, 
we can either overly admire them and worship them, think they're so important, or we can focus on the works we do and achieve. We just focus on ourselves. And today's reading gives us a little solution to these two problems. Today's reading from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, encourages us to focus on the works of God. And today's reading will actually help us to put our earthly works into perspective. Because when we focus on the works of God, we're focusing on what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do. And when we do that, we actually then see where our earthly works fit in perspective. Either the things we do, or the things others have done that look wonderful. The first thing we should remember, that when God is at work, when God is working... God works in love and to reveal his love. From verses 16 to 18 we heard, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high And deep is the love of Christ. Take a few moments just to reflect on that. That God's works, works in ways, he works in love and he works in ways to reveal his love. That's how he works. That's his kind of value system, his character. He goes about doing things, not for himself, but to reveal his love to you, reveal his love to the world. Our problem is we don't always pick that up. Sometimes we get a bit suspicious of some religious people or, re- or God. We get worried that it could be about have, he has some other motive. But the truth is, as you read scripture more and more, what you see is God has this amazing love, this wide-reaching love for the world. And that means he has a wide-reaching love for you. John three sixteen and 17, those most famous verse, reminds us of his intention and his purpose. That it's all about love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. So when we think about God's works, we think about God works in love, and if we go back to the, to the start of our Bibles, we go back to the start of the world, we see that God work works in creation. He is behind creation. He is crea- a creator God, somebody who continues, not just has created something once, but continues to be involved in creation. And he does it for our benefit. He creates the world for my benefit, for your benefit, for everybody else's benefit. The world is a gift to us that we get to enjoy, we get to live in. And it's temporary, but it is a world that God has created for us to temporarily live in. From Psalm 115, verse 15, we hear, May you be blessed by the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Through creation, God wants to bless you. And in John chapter 1, verse 3, we're reminded of that God is behind all of creation. Through him... All things were made. Without him, nothing was made. That has been made. In other words, everything we touch, everything we smell, everything we eat, everything that we encounter 
is part of God's creation, a gift to us. Some years ago, one of my kids said, do we have to say grace at meals? And I would say, we don't have to, but there's a good reason why we say grace at meals. It's to remember that the food we're about to eat is a gift from God. It's not just something a farmer has worked hard for. It's not just something that has miraculously appeared. It's not just something I have worked hard for to be able to afford. But the food, the reason we say grace at meals, it's a gift from God. It's a, a way of remembering that God is behind all of creation. And so as you interact with creation, I encourage you to think about this. I encourage you to think about how that creation is important to God. It is one of his major works. And think about how has God blessed you and others through his creation. Take some time to reflect on that this week. How has God blessed you and others through his creation? As I go for walks, as I encounter what we would call the natural creation. And when I ask this question, I get to appreciate more of what God has given us. But it's not only the natural creation that God gives us, it's also everything else that has been created and continues to be created. You know, whether it be technology, whether it be buildings, whether it be um, people that I encounter. Keep remembering, keep thinking about, reflecting on how has God blessed you and others through his creation? The second question on this point of the creation being part of God's work is what does it mean for us to see and use the creation God has given us to experience his love and to reveal his love? You see, if God's, God, the way God works is in love, if the way God works is to reveal his love, then the creation that he has given us is a tool that he uses to help us see, experience his love. Now, the scriptures talk about that some people don't recognise that. And you probably know some people as well who fail to recognise that behind creation is God and God has given us his creation for love so that we may know his love. So we may be thankful for all that we have received. But again, think about what it might mean for the creation that God has placed in your life. Maybe you've got some wealth, maybe you've got a house, maybe you've got a car, maybe you've got other aspects of creation. Think about what it might mean for you to to use, experience that creation so that you get a sense of God's love. But also, not just be selfish in such a way, but to use it in ways that help others know about God's love that help others see and experience God's love. Think about the gifts that God has given you. How may they be a gift, part of his creation, that can be used, that God can use through you to help others to know his love. But we know, we know that the key message is not just about God creating the world, It's also about God saving the world. And so central for us as Christians is that God is at work through Jesus. God is at work through Jesus. Verse 11 says, according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. In other words, God's focus is about saving us and he does that through Jesus. Now, unfortunately, there's some Christians who limit God to just Jesus. They might might recite the creeds. They might talk about God the Father. 
They might talk about the Holy Spirit, but most of their focus, most of their attention is on Jesus with little attention or sometimes even a complete neglect of God the Father and God the Spirit. That doesn't mean they're not going to be saved, but all it means is they miss out on seeing how God is continuing to be at work in this world. But the truth is, both God the Father and the Spirit both have a purpose of pointing us to Jesus so that we can be saved. Because as you know, if you've been a Christian for a while, or if you haven't been a Christian for a while, what the Bible reveals is that we are saved not because of our works, not because of how good we are or what we do, but we're saved to the works of God. And the works of God, especially through Jesus Christ, his death on the cross and his resurrection. And so we know that God is at work through Jesus. But not only is he at work through Jesus, if you look at the early church writings of the books of Acts and the early epistles, what you see is God is at work through his spirit. His work continues. It doesn't stop when Jesus ascended into heaven. It's not on hold until Jesus comes back to earth. His work continues, continues through his spirit. This is what verses 16 and 17 say. I pray that all of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Now, this can seem a little bit ambiguous. What does it mean for God to be at work through his spirit? Well, think about it this way. God's character, God's intention continues. It continues on earth. And what what God has chosen to do, and this is the next part of the whole story, how God is at work, he has chosen to work through his church. And particularly through his church where we are reading the scriptures, where we are receiving the sacraments, God continues to be at work and his spirit comes to life. Think about it this way. What we do when we read the Bible, when we listen to sermons, when we engage with Bible studies, what's happening is God is speaking to us and his spirit continues to speak to us and affect us and influence us, change our perspective and give us a better understanding of what life is about. And so we see God continues to be at work in creation. We can see that God continues to be at work through Jesus. We see that God continues to be at work through his spirit. But not only that, as I've just mentioned, God has also chosen to be at work through you and me. If you read the New Testament, what you discover is that God's plan is to work through the community of faith called the church. From Ephesians chapter 3, verses 17 to 21. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all of the Lord's people to grasp how wide, long, deep, high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever and ever. Amen. I don't know if you picked up in that reading. God has chosen to continue to be at work through you and me but you and me who are connected to each other and connected to other Christians. That's what it, 
That's what it means to be church. In our world of individuality, in our world of keeping to ourselves, and even in our world of isolation where we're encouraged to think of ourselves first, what God is encouraging us to do is call us to be a community of faith, to be people who are affected by the Spirit, who have been, who have experienced and received the love of Jesus, who have experienced creation and the love that comes through creation, to be people who gather together, who encourage each other, to be a community of people working together, to be his church in the world. Because he wants to be at work, not just through you as an individual, and he does do that, but more effectively, he works through us coming together as the church together, working together to encourage each other, to support each other, to provide care to each other, but not only to each other, but also to the world, so that we as a church can reveal God's love to the world. Someone once asked me, what's the point of having a small Lutheran church in the city? And my response was simple. As a community of faith, we can be Christ's light to many other people. Being where we are gives us an opportunity to reveal some of God's love, some of God's grace, some of God's peace, some of God's future that he's offering to them through Jesus Christ to many others. And you might think, oh, oh that's, you know, that's, could be difficult. But listen again to this passage or part of this passage. Now to him who was able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. God's got the power. God's ability to work is far greater than we can, not only what we can do, but what we can think of. But he can do that through us as a church, us as a community of faith particularly when we listen to his word, when we are focused on not just ourselves, but focused on his mission in the world. So I encourage you to think about this. What does it mean for you to work with others with a focus on God's mission, relying on God's power? What does it mean for you to work with others with a focus on God's mission, relying on God's power? I can tell you for me, Even though I'm employed as a pastor, I still need God's power. I still need to use the gifts that God has given me. But without God constantly interacting into my life through his word, through my relationships with other Christians, through taking, listening to God and his spirit, through prayer, through my time of worship with, with you, without that occurring, I don't have God's power. And also, when I do that, I get refocused on God's mission. This his mission to live a life of making disciples of all people and to live a life of loving God and loving others as he would like them to be loved. And that way I live from his perspective and not from my own. So I'd encourage you to think about, in a more practical way, what does it mean for you to work with others with a focus on God's mission, relying on God's power? Now you might be saying, well, we've got locked in, we're going to have to wait till lockdown's over. Well, that's partly true for some of our things to happen, but there are many things that we could be doing. One of the things that uh, we are encouraging people to do is to, to ring each other, and we, are tr- we would like to have our pastoral care callers reassembled. So if you'd like to be a person, 
a person who will call others just to check on them you know, on a regular basis on behalf of the church to make sure they're okay, then to let me know if they need particular help or care. Um, if you'd like to be a person, give me a call. That's one way that God can use us as a church. Also, as a church, if you hear of people in need or needing, whether it be spiritual guidance or whether it be physical support, feel free to connect us and connect with me and see if we can do something as a church. If you've got an idea how we can reach out in the community, how we can connect with others, let us know about it. Let us explore how we can do that together. Let's keep thinking, what does it mean for you to work with others with a focus on God's mission and relying on God's power? Think about the gifts that God has given you in creation and how you may be able to use them to reveal God's love to the people you interact with, but not just reveal it to them, but also encourage them to connect with a community of faith. And so as we go from here, as we move on from this thought of God's at work and let's be united where God is working, let's live the faith. Let's live the faith by, first of all, recognising how essential God's work is for our lives and for the lives of others. Recognise how God is at work in your life and how God is at work through your life. Secondly, focus on gaining your source for living, for living from Jesus. Focus on what encourages you, what gives you hope from Jesus. There is many things offering hope. Now, if I go into a bookstore, there's self-help things, there's crafts, there's, there's lots of things offering hope. But as Christians, let us focus on Jesus for our source for living and source for hope. Thirdly, as we interact with creation, let's see it as a gift from God to help us know him and to help us reveal his love in the world. Fourthly, let's constantly be filled by God's spirit. Let's constantly be engaging with God, constantly spending time listening to his word, reflecting on his word, thinking about what is God saying. Use our daily Bible readings. Come along to our Bible studies. Reflect on what the sermon says or our Bible, our Bible readings for today. Think about what is God's spirit prompting in my life? What is God asking me to do? But also what is God asking me to recognise? Because sometimes and often God is not asking us to naturally go out and do stuff, but sometimes God is asking us to recognise something recognise his grace, recognise his love, recognise that there is hope. And lastly, can I encourage you to, to live and work with other Christians, to be active as part of the church, to prioritise time to get with other Christians, to be able to support them and encourage them. Even during lockdown, take some time where you can catch up with people over the phone. And when we return to being in-person worship. Take some time to spend some time with people, to encourage people. Because Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21, gives us a perspective. It encourages us to focus on the works of God, the works that he has done, he is doing, and he will do. And these works are far superior than any other works we will encounter in our lives from another perspective. In fact, every other works are in fact works with God in disguise. 
And so the works of God put our earthly works into perspective. May you continue to recognise God's love through everything you experience, through everything he's done and everything he's doing and everything he promises to do. Go in his peace and go with his love. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all your works, your works of creation, your works of salvation, and your works of continuing to work in the world so that we can be your people. Lord, help us to recognise that all your works are about your love, about you loving us and about you revealing your love to the world. As we live in this world, may we be beacons of your love through what we say and what we do. And may we give all praise and all glory to you for anything we achieve. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.